Welcome to Teaching Brood. Today's episode is one that everybody has to deal with at some point, whether you're a teacher or student. And it's about how to focus when you've got a piece of technology in your hands. Exactly. Uh, this day and age, we're in kind of a high distractible world. There's always things you know, hitting us in terms of screens or you know, brightly lit and brightly animated. It's a brightly lit and brightly animated world, let's face it. So as teachers, we do face this idea that we have to teach kids how to stay on task and focus in class every day. And this can get better or worse, depending on the child. One thing we want to clarify right away, though, is we're primarily talking about external distractions instead of internal. There's a whole different set of focusing strategies that you need for a kid who, who kind of zones out, so to speak. A um, kid who is an internal distractor. We're going to keep this focus primarily to external distractors because that's kind of where technology is. Do you want to just tell us the difference? Like, how would you recognize? So, there's a couple of ways to recognize it, but um, an internal distractor is a kid who will zone out. They look like they've kind of spaced out. They get lost in their own thoughts. Or they may, like, they may get lost in thinking about things, and they may just look like they're not really with you. Uh, an external distractor will probably have a million tabs open, um, They'll be wiggling their legs a lot. And there's no absolutes on that either. Kids who are high external distractors um, have a lot of internal distraction too. Um, so there's, no, I mean, it's a, whole, it's a spectrum as opposed to an absolute uh, one or the other. Um, but because the technology is primarily external distractor, we're gonna talk about external distractibility. Cool. So you've handed out a whole bunch of laptops or iPads or something and you're going through your lesson and then you discover that half your kids aren't actually doing what they're supposed to do. So frustrating. But we've got a couple strategies. Yes. First one, classroom management is key on this. You have to set parameters. Huge. Huge. You have to set parameters for your kids. Um, if this is, if, if make, maybe make like some of the things they like to do, like change the background, change the wallpaper, change fonts and docs. Maybe they make that as a reward at the end of the task. Acknowledge it as something fun. Acknowledge it as something they, they, they like to do. Don't make it a bad thing, but make it as more of a reward. If you make it a bad thing, they're gonna, there's a chance they're going to rebel and going to do it during the lesson anyway. But you at least give them the acknowledgement to do it. The other option you have there is give them five minutes to get the wiggles out. In other words, give them five minutes just to play on it and let them do the wallpaper thing and let them do the font thing and let them open up a million tabs and then bring them back in. Before you even get into your lesson, in the first little bit, you've got to establish the routine. So it's something where, and kids always like to know why something is. Why can't they have a million tabs open? Why can't they have a background picture that dances and does flips? And so it's really important to go through, take a lesson and talk to them about distractions and talk to them about productivity and explain, of course, at their level about how these things can actually hinder them. 
and yes. and go through a lesson, do something where you know they can have all the 16 tabs open and they have some sort of a task that they need to do that they may not be able to accomplish because of all of those tabs. Yeah. Um, and that, so, like you said, minimize the tabs. The external environment is one that just works in general for just high distractible kids. Full stop. You minimize your environment. Don't have other devices around. Minimize the amount of books they would have on the desk at the time, or distractible toys, or anything that would anything that would cause them to want to go off task. That might create the environment where you initiate or you make it easy to get off task. Uh, if there's another device around that you have to use, maybe you want to hold off on bringing that device out until it needs to be used. Maybe they have to go get the device from, an, from another desk, from another table. Um, you minimize, you, you basically make the interaction a bit more physical, letting them walk around, letting them move, but you also minimize the ability for them to get distracted when they're sitting there on the computer. Further to that, some kids need to move. So yep. allowing them to stand while they're computing may be a good idea. And I know that can, I know that's a tough option for a lot of people. And I often, with the desks we have these days, not very ergonomic sound because they'll be bent over to, if they are standing to work. But it may be one of the better ways. I know a few of my kids in my class in particular, at the beginning of the day, they just push their chairs back and they stand to work. I stand to work. We have standing desks at work now that I love it. I'm able to do That's lucky. It's a new thing, yeah. um, and it, but it really does help. Yeah, and I mean, in my classroom, I have a countertop that I cleared off, and there's space for about three laptops on there, and my kids know that if they want to stand to work, they can take their laptop over to that counter area and stand and work. Yeah, I mean, so it depends on where your space options are, and I know oftentimes we're restricted in that way, but maybe you do want to have a devoted standing corner. Um, that sounds really terrible. That sounds like a punishment, but I don't mean it in the sense of like stand in the corner. In the sense of like it's a place to stand. It is a place to stand. And to increase productivity. Um, other options you have for um, making to keep keeping the kids on task would be things like minimizing the number of applications, or either, if the case they're not a MacBook, applications inside the computer. Inside the computer. Talk about an iPad. Just don't have as many apps in there. Now, we get it. We get it. If you're a parent, you're going to have shared apps. If you're a school and they're not your classrooms, if they're like on a cart, then they're also going to be uh, shared apps in there too. But if you, if you can minimize the number of apps that are available to the kids, you'll minimize the distraction. And thus, leading to hopefully more productivity. So... There's also a digital solution too. There are extensions that you can get for the browsers which will turn off the ads. So if you've got kids working in YouTube, for example, or they're on a website that tends to have a lot of apps, you could actually install or have your tech department install one of these extensions which will eliminate and it makes it a bit more readable. Yeah, one of the um, YouTube options, I think it was an older one. Um, I think it's actually been since debunked. But there's magic, I think it's magic swipe, I need to remember the exact name on it. But it basically takes away all the stuff around it. And all you got is the YouTube screen. Yeah. Um, because the ads can be a massive distraction, they can be another thing to click on. And let's also face it, YouTube doesn't always have safe stuff for kids, no matter whether you're on a safe search domain, if you're in your own school domain. There's other stuff on there that, yeah, it's not gonna be the most kid friendly, so. Yeah, absolutely. 
And when it comes to things like backgrounds and stuff like that, well, the rule of thumb is to go plain. Yes. The more the brighter, the more electric the background, so to speak, the more highly distractible it is. Yep. And go for... Take a, take a page out of the color theory textbook and encourage the kids to go for blues and greens. Greens are calming, blues are productive. Yes, and polar opposite of that, reds are very excitable and yellows are very stimulating. Hence why the McDonald's logo is red and yellow. Yes. Want some fries? Yeah. It's so, too early for fries. <laughs> we do film this in the morning, by the way, just in case you're wondering. Um, it is something where it's all standard classroom management stuff. Yeah. Just because you've got a device does not mean that it's anything different. Yeah. Don't think of the digital devices. It's, it's a slight tweak on your on any practices you would have used to help kids focus without a digital device. If you're working with a pencil and paper, you're not going to have as much stuff around the desk. If they tend to flick and play with erasers and break them apart and use them as flicky things, Minimize the amount of erasers they have. Make, make it, maybe it's just the, the pencil and eraser. I mean, it, you, you do what you need to do to ensure that they can that the student can achieve. The one thing I can encourage you on the most of though is have a one-on-one -on -one conversation with your high distractibility kids. Oftentimes, they know what distracts them the most, or they'll figure it out. Once you initiate that conversation, you might want to initiate it again because then they'll start to think about it and they'll start, and they'll start to realize what distracts them. Kids are really, really good little introspective creatures. They love, they love thinking about themselves. Because that's kind of, what, from, from the perspective of the age group that I teach. Um, and so if you give them that opportunity to kind of go, what distracts you the most? What do you find most distractible? They can often tell you. If they don't know already, they'll figure it out awfully quick. Yeah, and it's something where, this is something that they're not gonna get in one lesson. No. They're not even gonna get it in two or three lessons. This is a conversation that you're gonna have as an ongoing conversation. But each time you have it, it's gonna be a little bit shorter. Yeah. So have, be, be ready, be prepared that, you know, you're gonna have one kid who just doesn't quite get it and still has 16 tabs open and you've already had that th conversation three times. You know, have it once more, just with him. But as with any, as with any good classroom management, persistence is gonna be the key to it. You're going to have to be persistent with God, no matter how frustrating it is to you, no matter how often they either may not do it or almost do it, you still need to get to be persistent with it. Yeah. So, bear that in mind. Yes. And on that note, have a great day. Enjoy your day, folks.